0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative Podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillahi <laughs> Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا رب العالمين أب بعد. So we're continuing with our reading of this book by the great Imam, Imam Harif al muhasibi b.rahimahu Allah taala. And uh, for those of you who've been able to join us, you'll recall that this is a book that was written very early on, related to Islamic spirituality. And so we're really trying to explore foundational concepts related to spirituality within the Islamic framework. And so the imam today, we're going to read forward and he says, Use your intellect to worship God by not being obsessed with your plans. Rely on God that he will ward off from you the harm contained in the divine ordainment. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu said, O son of Adam, do not delight in wealth. And do not be overwhelmed with grief when you are afflicted with poverty. Do not be saddened by tribulations. Do not be overly pleased by easy times. Verily gold is tested for its purity by fire. Likewise, a righteous servant is tested by tribulations. Okay. So the general the general theme here is reliance on God. Which in Arabic we would say is tawakkul. To trust and rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Imam begins by saying, which is a very interesting saying he says, use your intellect to worship God by not being obsessed with your plans. I find this really interesting because I would say we tend to do the opposite. We tend to use our intellect to actually obsess over our plans. Do you get what I'm saying? He's saying no, 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 no. Use your intellect and focus on worshiping Allah and be so busy with that that you don't obsess over your plans. Now, let's... uh, Let's try to understand why he would say that. What's the problem with obsessing over your plans? And let's define that too. We want to define obsessing over plans not as planning. Planning is fine. Planning is encouraged in our religion. We want to to define obsessing over one's plans as becoming overly attached to outcomes and results. And how, What's a sign that we're doing that when we obsess over the process almost like if we approach it a certain way, we will be guaranteed a specific result and If we don't then we will not get it And then we're obsessed over the result in the, in the sense that that's the only thing we want Why do you think? We obsess why do people obsess over their plans any ideas here? What would you guys say? Yeah. Limited knowledge of the wisdom of Allah. Limited knowledge of the wisdom of Allah. Right. Okay. What else? Yeah. To gain a sense of control. To gain a sense of control. Beautiful. I love that. You understand that point? To gain a sense of control. Where we feel we are in control of our lives. We're in control of the situations we find ourselves in. And we're in control of the future. Because the future is what, always? The future is uncertain. How do you gain control over uncertainty? By finding something of certainty that gets you through that. That's your rock, that's your anchor. And so in a moment with the future being uncertain, it's almost like we feel if we can just plan enough, we can guarantee the future. Do you understand that? If we plan enough, we can guarantee the future. The Imam says, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, the great Ibn rahimahullah. he says, Arih tadbir It's a beautiful saying. tadbir We could translate this as, relax. Uh, calm yourself. From overly obsessing with your plans, he uses the the, the verb here, the command verb, relax, Arih. right? Like in, in, in Arabic, raha, raha, which means to to be you know relaxed, Arih nefsek, relax yourself when it comes to obsessing over your plans. Why would he use that verb? What does obsessing over plans do to a person? What does it do? Yeah. It causes anxiety. anxiety. What else? If you're constantly obsessing over plans, it's exhausting, no? Isn't it tiring to always be just constantly looking into every variable? How many variables could you look into in something? It's endless. Endless. He says, no, don't obsess and try to you know, guarantee a particular outcome, don't do that, you're gonna tire yourself. How often do we over-prepare? You ever done that, over-plan something? You were like over-prepared, like you did way too much for the occasion? And you, you end up, you're like, oh, I, I didn't even need to know all that. A lot of people do when they travel. You know when you travel? You ever like over-prepared for traveling? You looked into like every little thing, you learned about like every street around the hotel you're staying in or the Airbnb, you read every review. You know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all do that? And it's like analysis paralysis. Or like you search every single flight looking for the best price, right? Because you're constantly getting Expedia.ca Ads, ads? Y'all get a lot of Expedia ads? I don't know why I get a lot of Expedia ads. Right? I'm just like, bro, leave me alone. Like, I, I don't think I've ever bought from you guys, and why are you guys on my case? You know? So, we searched like all the different, you know, um, and then you have to read the reviews for the flights. Do you get How many things are you going to read? How many reviews are you going to read? Review about the airport, the lounge at the airport, right? Review about service on the plane? Review of the washrooms at the airport? How many things are you gonna read? And so when we begin to obsess over guaranteeing that my trip goes exactly as planned, if not better, what ends up happening? Number one, we set ourselves up for what? I don't know about failure, but death, probably disappointment. Do you know what I'm saying? You probably end up disappointed because maybe somebody was biased in in those reviews right? Or maybe you were like super, super careful. Have you ever done this where you were super careful? So you took the really expensive option and someone else took a much cheaper option. You're like, you're crazy. You know, like I don't roll like that. I'm going to be careful. And they had a great time and you were like, I should have just done that. Cause you read like one review of someone who's just, you know, ranting about how they had a bad experience and you were like, nope, we're not doing that. You know what I'm talking about? Meanwhile, that person was like, whatever, like, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, like, this is not terrible. The, 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 the rating seems to be okay. Um, but hey, we'll put up with it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. How many of you are that person? We'll figure it out. Like, not that you don't plan, but you recognize that you could plan all you want. And even that hotel that has the best reviews could let you down. It could happen. Right? So you kind of accept that there's always gonna be some uncertainty in the decision you make. So you know what? We're just gonna figure it out when the time comes. We're ready for anything. We plan for the best, right? We hope for the best, but we acknowledge that the worst could, come, could happen as well. Do you get what I'm saying? So the author is telling us, the Imam is telling us, rest yourself, do yourself a favor. Do not obsess over the results and outcomes. And we do that, guys. We do that. We obsess over like... The imam's also talking about what? He's also not just talking about like over-preparing, but becoming overly attached to a very particular outcome. This is what he's trying to say here. He's not saying don't plan. He's not saying don't do your due diligence. That was a hard one right there. Don't do your due diligence, right? He's not saying don't do that. He's saying, number one, there has to be a limit. You just can't obsess over everything. Number one, no matter how much you plan, it's not gonna guarantee anything. So just acknowledge that. Number two, don't become overly attached to a particular outcome. Meaning I want this and only this and nothing else is acceptable. Do you get what I'm saying? What are, some, what are some times we do that? Give me some examples. What are sometimes people do that? Where they just fixate on this one thing they want, and they, th- they say, this is what it has to be. And if it's not this, I don't want it. Yeah. In your career. In your career, right. Specifically what? Like, like a particular company on, you want to work for? Is that what you're saying? Trying to get into medical school, oh, that, that resonates with a lot of people here, huh? The MCAT stories, huh? Yeah, fixated on that, you know, got to get into this one profession. You know, to be fair, it's usually not even from y'all, right? There's someone else who told you nothing else is acceptable. So, usually that's the reason, yeah. Someone else had their hand up, Yeah choosing a wife absolutely i was waiting for that guys that that was actually the one i had in my mind you know when we're trying to get married right when we're trying to get married people are like sheikh make dua that that person is in my istikhara i'm like that's not how the istikhara works you understand like you want me to like appeal on behalf of that person in the ist- what do you what do you, i don't even get what you're trying to do here that's not how that works Do you understand? Okay, here's the next question. And this could be many, many things in our lives. We become so attached to the outcome and result. And let's be honest, y'all. Let's be honest. We actually get attached to the idea more than the reality. The idea of it more than the reality. Right? More, More than the reality of it it's an idea and we idealize the idea and it often turns out to be not exactly what we anticipated we get attached okay here's the question why do we do that why would we become so fixated on a particular outcome how does someone avoid here's the, i guess this is more, uh, more important question How do we avoid becoming overly attached to a particular outcome? Because naturally you want it, right? Based on your research, based on all the variables that you looked into, that seems to be the best option. Okay, so now you want to pick that option. How do you avoid becoming overly attached to the outcome, number one, and number two? Why do we want to avoid becoming overly attached, guys? What's the problem with doing that? What does it lead to if if it doesn't work out? Massive heartbreak. Like, people can really suffer when they don't get something that they have fixated on for the longest time. It can hurt them very deeply. They can spiral. And I've seen this happen to people. Yeah. I mean, in... In marriage cases people start to question their life life's not worth it anymore like you know that's where people have to throw the whole fish in the sea thing back at them like you know but people start to get really dramatic about it you know it's a lot of pain it's a lot of pain okay so how do we avoid that how do you avoid becoming overly attached sorry plan in the present. What do you mean by that? Can you tell me more? Instead of planning in the future, you plan the next steps that you can have in the present. Like, what are you going do next? Okay. Yeah, so but what if, what are you going to do next is apply to medical school or propose for the marriage, you know, like, and speak to her dad. Now, so that's the next step. So you did it. And you, you're, how do you avoid, after doing that, becoming attached to the outcome? Besides not texting her so much. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Fawad. Realizing that you don't know what's best for you. Subhanallah. Yes, this is a hard one. Guys, admittedly, this is a challenging one. It's when we internalize and accept the fact that we don't know what is best for us. It's hard, isn't it? Because you could have done all of your due diligence But you still don't know How where goodness for you lies. Does that make sense? Um, there's, a, there's a statement that's attributed to the the great companion Umar ibn al-Khattab He says He says I really don't mind in whatever state I wake up in in the morning, I find myself. He says Alama uhib, akrah. It doesn't really matter to me much. If I wake up and I find myself in a situation that I'm really pleased with, no big deal. And if I find myself in a situation that I'm really upset with, I don't like, it's no big deal. Neither of them bother me too much. He says why? He says, وَذَٰلِكَ لَا أَدْرِ الْخَيْرَ أُحِبْ أَوْ أَكْرَهُ He says, because the reality is, I actually don't know if what's good for me lies in what I like or what I dislike. I actually don't know which of the two contains what is good for me. See, what's the conflation we make? We conflate what we like. With what, we, what is actually good for us. We think, if I like it, it must be good for me. And if I dislike it, it must be terrible for me. Sayyidina Umar ibn al Khattab is making a separation between the two. He's saying, no, 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 no. It could be very possible that I like something and it's not good for me. And it could be very possible that I dislike something and it's actually good for me. And this is that verse of the Quran. This is the verse of the Quran. You guys know this verse? Yeah. Allah khair Perhaps you love something And it's actually not good for you And perhaps you dislike something But it's actually good for you And then what does Allah say? Wallahu ya'lam Wa antum la ta'lamun Allah knows and you don't know This is what comes immediately after that verse Allah knows And you don't know As much as you think you know As much as I've done my research, there's going to be some area that I'm not sure of. And that's where we have to accept. Now let's, let's, let's be fair here, acknowledging the reality that I don't know what is actually best for me or where what is good for me lies, it may not reduce the pain. Do you understand that? It's like this is, I, haven't, I haven't discovered the, the cure for heartbreak or something guys. Do you understand? What I'm trying to say is, but it will help you with perspective on the situation. Because when something happens, what do you say? When something negative happens, let's say, you're attached to this idea, or you're not attached, but you really want it, and it didn't work out, it hurts. And you're trying to make sense of the pain. Ya Allah, why would you do this to me? Isn't that a common question people ask? Ya Allah, like. What did I do? Like, I wanted this thing. I did everything right. I took all the steps. And this didn't work out for me. It's Allah knows. And you don't know. Allah knows. And you don't know. That's it. And that's almost like a real divine slap in the face, isn't it? It's like a divine slap in the face. Because we're very what? We're very... Confident overly confident in what we think we know And sometimes we have to be reminded. No, actually you don't know and we have to internalize that idea Subhanallah, do you, and that's where we start to learn what it really looks like tawakkul is you put all your effort in But ultimately what do you ask for? Ya Allah, I've done the best I could to figure out What I think is best And I'm about to make a decision, Ya Allah Oh Allah, I ask that you place goodness in this for me You see that submission? That's part and parcel of the process of making a decision? You see that? Part and parcel of making a decision Is to not only do your due diligence But in the end accept that Ya Allah I've done the best I could and now I'm going to make istikhara. I'm going to ask Allah. Istikhara, guys, is not just for marriage. You understand? Like, that's not the only reason why you make istikhara. You can even make istikhara for the smallest of things. It doesn't have to be a full two and everything either. It could be a simple dua. Oh Allah, I ask that you place goodness in this decision I'm about to make. Make a decision. I'm about to buy this. Um, ya Allah, put khayr in it. You know, it's just like a small purchase, right? But, Ya Allah, put khair in it. Put, let goodness come from this. Does that make sense? So, what are you doing in the process? You're saying, I've tied my camel, but Ya Allah, I know. I know that goodness lies in your control. Goodness is not guaranteed through my planning. Because you could tie your camel, it could still escape. You could tie your camel, it could still escape. And so you could do all the planning in the world and you could get what you want and it could still be terrible for you. Yeah. It could still be terrible for you. And so we don't ask for what we want. We ask for what's good for us. How many of you have had have parents who remind you of this? My mother always reminds me of this. Any of y'all have that? Where you make to offer something particular and they're like just ask for what's good. And when I was younger, it used to frustrate me. Because I'm like, no, I want that. And she'd be like, no, no, no. Ask Allah for what's good. I'm like, that's good. Like, it's pretty good to me. You know what I mean? But subhanAllah, that understanding and that acknowledgement. Because, you know, when you're younger, you're, you're really overly confident about things. And so, as you get older, you start to recognize, wow, there's a lot that's not in my control. There's a lot that's not in your control. And in those moments, you have to accept that you cannot guarantee anything. Right? See, in your own life, in your own life, you might still be deceived into thinking you can guarantee particular results. Why? Because if you want it, you'll just go and do it, right? Do you know where you require a lot of trust in God? When you have kids. Why? Because you could do everything. You could do the best you can for your child and still what? That child could be misguided. That child could, you know, leave the fold of Islam, God forbid. It's possible. It's possible. Absolutely. It's a reality that we accept. And it's not, it's not you that you can go do something. It's someone else that's so beloved to you. And so every day you're just making dua, you ever seen parents make dua for their kids and they make like like sincere dua, Ya Allah protect my children, protect my child, right? It's a sincere dua, because there's an acknowledgement of what? Ya Allah, like I can do the best I can from my side, but I can't control every variable, I really can't. And ultimately this child has has a mind of their own, a heart of their own. And when they get older in life they're gonna come up with their own ideas. And I won't be able to do anything about it. Ya Allah, I just ask that you take care of that child. It's, it's hard. You know, we've been speaking about the story of Musa a.s. on Wednesdays. That, for every parent, is that moment where you put your child in the basket. In the box. Put it in the river and say, Ya Allah, I did the best I could. You know, when every, when every parent sends their child to school, that's what they're doing. Isn't it? Ya Allah, I tried to bring up my child with the most love, with the most care... You know, with the most well-wishing. I'm sending them out into the world to be around people that I don't know. I hope they care about my child. I hope that they will look out for my child. I hope that they'll be good to my child, polite to my child. And you have to just trust. Who knows if your child sits beside a bully that day or not? We don't know, right? We don't know. And so there are certain situations in life, no matter what you do, you'll just never know. And in those moments, you see how human beings, no matter how hard they try to control variables, they are forced by Allah and Allah's divine plan and His decree to accept that they just can't control it. And Allah says this in the Quran. Ala amrihi. Allah is the one who overpowers. He is overpowering in His command. Meaning what? What He says will happen, will happen. No matter how much we plan, and no matter how many guarantees we try to get from the world, it truly lies in the control of Allah. Does that make sense? Hi, Papa. Now, um, the, 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 the Imam is telling us that, Arih min Rest yourself from being obsessed with your plans. Why? فَمَا قَامَ بِهِ غَيْرُكَ la لَا تَقُمْ بِهِ لِنَفْسِكَ Because what someone else has taken responsibility for in your life, don't try to take it from them What is he talking about? فَمَا قَامَ بِهِ غَيْرُكَ What someone else with a capital S and a capital E Meaning what Allah has taken responsibility for in your life, don't try to wrestle with him in taking over it and one example of this would be your provisions Your provisions Allah is ar-razaq He has written for everybody a specific amount of provisions they will receive You can receive it through stealing Or you can receive it through a halal means You're going to receive it either way, you choose the path Allah has already guaranteed certain things for us Guaranteed them He's taken responsibility, the outcomes and results When we try to steal that from Allah, Ya Allah, no, 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 I want control over my results and outcomes. Then what happens? What happens when someone takes responsibility for something in our lives and then we try to take over? Yeah, I'll take care of it. They tell you. And then you come along and try and do it. And they're like, I I told you I was going to do it. And they feel hurt, why? Why do they feel hurt? Because when you did what they did, what they were supposed to do, what implicit message did you send? Say it. I can't hear you, sorry. Okay, you're not good enough. That's one, sure. What's another message? Yeah. You don't trust them. I don't trust you're going to do it. I don't trust you're going to do it. So what are we saying to Allah when we try to control the outcomes? What are we saying to Allah? Yeah, Allah, I don't trust that you're going you're gonna to give me a favorable outcome. I don't trust that the outcome you decide will be what's best and what's good for me That's implicitly the message we're sending when we try to steal from Allah what he has already taken upon himself It's certain things in our lives that we do not have control over Because when you doubt the provisions you actually doubt the provider When you doubt the provisions you in fact doubt the provider. That's what you're doing And so we're being taught here, do the best you can in planning. But ultimately do not become attached to the outcomes and results. Do not become attached. And remember that you don't know where goodness lies for you. You don't know that. And the fact that you don't know and that the one who knows best is calling the shots should give you the ability to rest yourself. See, we have to understand that whatever happens in the world, as hard as it is for us to wrap our heads around it, it is infused with divine wisdom. Shaykh, I don't get that. How, how could it be that this, whatever that is, could have wisdom in it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't get it. wa antum Allah already told us, you won't, you won't get everything. This may be one of the greatest steps of spiritual maturity you'll accomplish is to accept the day when if that day comes you will see the quality of your life change you will see the amount of contentment and peace you'll find in your life when you can accept I just don't know everything and the being who controls knows best and he doesn't even just do things arbitrarily or haphazardly he does everything with wisdom, with justice, with mercy. Do you see that? The common response to that is what? But I, I don't get it. I don't see it. Exactly. Yeah, you don't. And it, there's going to be certain things you will not be able to. And to come to terms with that is incredibly powerful. Because then you can rest yourself. And not kind of constantly ask why, why, why. Does this make sense? What do you think this depends on? The ability to do that. <coughs> the ability to say, I don't have the answers, and I'm okay with not having the answers. What does that depend on? Yeah. Humility, sure. Okay, so that's number one, acknowledging that you don't know. Yeah. What else? To be humble and content. Humble and content, right? Yeah. Your knowledge of Allah and Allah. Beautiful your knowledge of Allah Do you see Allah as someone who's trustworthy? Do you see him as someone who will not let you down? These are the questions to ask Because maybe that's the challenge we're having We want to trust, but we're struggling to trust Allah And it will come back to our knowledge of who Allah is and our Awareness of all that he's done for us up until now that the Allah who brought you this far And made decisions where you didn't get it You could not imagine how that could work out positively for you subhanAllah, so often it did Meaning so every time it did but so often you recognized it sometimes maybe you didn't but it was still good for you And Knowing who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really See I'll give you an example to illustrate this point think about Y'all have a crazy friend? You know that friend who's like really, you gotta double check everything that they plan and stuff? Like a friend who if they came to you and said, hey look, on Saturday, you're coming with me. You're like, where? Don't worry about it. They're like, I, got a pl- I made a plan. It's a surprise. You're like, you know that friend where you can't trust that plan? You're like, listen, no, 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 no. You make a surprise plan? Ah, no, 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 I need to know. Like my life's on the line here. Like I need to know. Y'all have a friend like that? Because who knows what that plan could be, right? It could be the most wild thing, often based on their history, right? In the past, they've done stuff, and you're like, we're not doing that again. You didn't sign me up for that. You signed me up for that? No! And then on the other hand, you have a friend who's like, Allah," very mature, very reasonable, you know what I'm saying? Very balanced. And they tell you, hey... On Saturday, we're going somewhere. It's a surprise. What do you actually do in that situation? You're like, okay, that's cool. Because you know they're not going to do what? They're not going to do something crazy. You know who they are. You know the kind of person they are. So you can actually trust when they leave you in the dark. Like, I don't know what it is. They told me, like, make sure you bring extra boxers or whatever, extra undergarments. And you're like... That's scary, but you know what? It's you, so I trust you, right? It sounds crazy, you're in the dark, but you say what? You said it, I know you're not gonna do something crazy, because I know you, you're not like that. Whereas if this person even told you, you know, make sure you bring all stuff, and you'd still be like, I I don't know, I can't bring enough safety like, band-aids with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need like three first aid kits with you, because that's how usually your plans go. It all depends on how you view the person who's keeping you in the dark Who controls the uncertainty Right? The uncertainty is controlled by Allah. How do you view Allah? What is your knowledge of Allah? And that's going to dictate how easy it is or how difficult it is for you to trust him subhanahu wa ta'ala May Allah ta'ala grant us tawfiq to really develop a healthy and meaningful relationship with him subhanahu wa ta'ala may he grant us tawfiq to know him in the most accurate way possible so that we may trust him and that we may move forward in our lives acknowledging that we don't know what's best for us and however things turn out because they are in the control of Allah we are content with it may Allah grant us all of that tawfiq amina al alameen وصَلَ اللَّهُ to everybody again for coming out masha'Allah. it's always a it's always a really good time a pleasure um, uh, to be to, to be together like this and, and talking about these really meaningful um, important topics you know I, I appreciate your 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 feedback and I, I appreciate your input it really makes the the gathering what it is inshaAllah. Alright guys, help yourselves to desserts inshaAllah. And uh, we'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.